What's happening, so fam? Welcome to Anti-Quantum Healing, the podcast where we talk about manifestation, energy work, your psychic abilities, and so much more. I have a really awesome guest, uh, which is Carolyn Willam, uh, which she is um, an author. She is a digital marketer. Uh, she is one of the people that has carried the work of Helen Hassel, Helene Hassel, and um, the just if you don't know anything about Helena Hassel, she's the person that's won the most amount of games, uh, contest, uh, show games type stuff with the Law of Attraction. So I met uh, Carolyn on TikTok, and then we kind of just hit it off from there. So I just want to say. Welcome, Carolyn, to the uh, Onto High podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I love the people that I've met on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I think TikTok has has brought in so many new connections that I don't think I would have ever been able to make. You know what I mean? With like through other social media. So I think it's really cool because I remember I made a video about Helene and like how she, you know she had this track record of winning and like her like spec process and then you saw my video and then you're like hey I got some books that I I have from Helene and I'm not gonna lie to you like when you sent me a copy of those books like it came in the best moment that I that could ever like it was so synchronistic because <laughs> I was already looking at Jose Silva's work and I yeah. was like oh something so this kind of like drawing me into it and I'm like I'm not really sure if I want to go into this just yet and then when you sent me the books and I started reading I, I started off with the um, name and claim it game which I think was really big at the time because I was like manifesting a lot of huge things. And then while I was on my trip in San Diego, I decided to read the 83 year old Sage. Um, and in that one, she starts talking about Jose Silva and like all these other like life lessons that I, it was just kind of like, Helene was my spirit guide during the whole entire process. And I was just like, okay, well, guide me to like the next success places that I need to go. And I feel like Helene's been with me for, even since Sandy, San Diego, which was like, what, in February, um, just kind of like randomly coming in and out and like reminding me of a certain mindset that I have to stay in. So I, first of all, I just really want to say I appreciate you for carrying on her work. Like, I think that was so huge and it's very much so necessary. So personally, as someone who's read the books and stuff like that, like, I really am super appreciative that you continued the work. So thank you. Um, but yeah, let us know a little bit more about where you're at and, uh, you know, what what brought you to doing what you do. Well, actually, Helene asked me to. I, what happened, this is kind of funny. She was highly intuitive like you. And um, I, it, I had a podcast back in the day before it was cool in 2008. And of course, being the contest queen, I had her on as a guest and off air, I asked her, I was so cheeky. I asked her if I could come visit her in Alvarado, Texas. And she said, no. And I was like, all right. I, you know, I put it out there, throw mud on the wall, see what sticks. Three days later, she phones me back and says, your guides are so loud. <laughs> you better come visit. Nice. So I'm like, I thought, well, I'm loud. <laughs> I'm loud in real life. That's why that, of course, my guides are loud. <laughs> um, 
I just thought that was so funny. So I went and spent four days with her in Texas, which was so much fun. And I wish it's funny because as as one as I've aged and have learned more along my path, I would have asked her different questions now than I would have in 2008. But, you know, the time is what it is. And uh, but she said to me on that visit, I need you to teach maneuvers for wishcraft, which is her subtitle of her book, uh, the name it and claim it game, because she said no one else is going to do it. And her original plan was to have her grandchildren do it. But, you know, everyone has their own interests. And I don't think that any of her grandchildren were interested at all. And I, it was two years before she passed. And I think she realized at that point, if I don't pass the torch to somebody, then this is going to die. Like it's going to die with her. And so, so she asked me, so I really believe that's why my guides were like, kind of, you know, screaming in her ear <laughs> to, to, you, Hey, this is the lady that needs to take you the torch because otherwise this is going to end. And then I went into a dark night and I did nothing with it. Like I got a divorce and I went bankrupt and, uh, you know, lost my home. And like, it was just one thing all the way down. And as I came back up, I kept thinking I should do something with this. So finally in 2019, I got a hold of her last ch living child. So her, her daughter, Pam had passed and her son, Chris had passed. And so only Dyke was left. And so I got a hold of Dyke and I said to him, Hey, your mom told me this like 11 years ago, I better do something with it. And he's like, yeah, good idea. So I started republishing her books and I thought, you know what? He's 75. And if I don't buy the rights to all of her work, if he passes away, it's going to die with him still. Because if none of the grandchildren are interested, then there's that's it. Mm -hmm. So I bought the rights to all of her works from him just to ensure that her legacy continues. And nice. I've republished three out of her four books so far. But what's really exciting mm -hmm. is um, you had read Confessions of an 83-Year-Old Sage, and she talks in that book about her crystal ball and her experience with the crystal ball. And I was wondering, like, what happened to some of her, you know, really funky stuff? So I kept bugging Dyke, hey, have you ever found her crystal ball? What happened to her crystal ball? What happened to her tarot cards? You know, that kind of stuff. And then, of course, the pandemic hits. So we didn't, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything. And finally, at the end of last year, because things have been, you know, opening up and, and travels happening, because I'm in a different country than, than Dyke, he said to me, hey, he sent me some pictures on text. And he said, hey, do you want any of these? And he showed me like a wall of her books. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> he showed me a bunch of like audio tapes. And I'm like, yes. And he showed me something else. And I'm like, yes. I just said yes. <laughs> And then, but he's a senior and, you know, his, you know, his knees aren't great and whatnot. And so I said, would you like me to come to Texas and pack it all up myself? And he said, yes. Nice. <laughs> so I got in my car and I literally, I, I thought I got to go get it. Like I knew that. So I drove um, three days down to Texas and packed her stuff for like three days and spent three days, three days driving home. I got her crystal ball and I found a book, um, Jose Silva's autobiography and he signed it to Helene. I'm like, Oh, ah, that's crazy. I, so yeah, I've got to go through stuff. Cause I was in a hurry. So I just kind of was channeling my, 
honestly, if I wasn't a marketer, I would have been a professional organizer. So I was just sorting stuff. She used to have a big conference table. So everything I found, I just put it on the conference table. But what's really exciting is I think I found enough material to write another book. Mm, to assemble nice. all the writings that never had uh, been put together. So, you know, the unpublished works of Helene Hadsall or Helene's Musings or I don't know. I'll find the title. Um, I know I'll discover the title when I'm assembling all of her works. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I was finding stuff. I kept looking at it and I thought, oh, I've never read this before. Oh, I've never read this before. And uh, but she she was doing stuff back in the day. So I need to go get a an external three and a quarter inch floppy drive reader. <laughs> so there's probably more gold in there that I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, that's awesome. Nice. So I got so many different questions because okay. yeah, but I'm just gonna throw them out there so I don't forget. So like you're a viral marketer that basically, you know, works with winning promotions and stuff like that. You're a two time award winning book author, right? And I think one of my one of my main questions is like, how do you help like, you know, the ROI, the digital marketing space with your talents. And then when it comes to writing books, like I know so many people are, they get this feeling, this calling that, you know, I have to write a book, I have to put it into play, but rather they wait too long for like the perfect script to come along or, you know, they have some sort of struggle getting started writing their book and putting the ideas out there. So those are like the two main things that I want to ask you at some point in a minute, but I think where I really want to start off is like, why are you the contest queen? I think that's where we really got to start off. Well, this is actually a story that you haven't read because I didn't send you my contest books. Okay. How I believe it was kind of destined because I've always liked the idea of entering sweepstakes as a hobby. And I remember watching old talk shows with people that had won stuff. And I thought, oh, that's a good idea. And I was still entering back in the day when you'd walk in the grocery store and see an entry blank and you'd fill it out and mail it in. And I did that occasionally. And I, for someone who did it really occasionally, I would win stuff. And I remember even being a teenager and calling into the local radio station, you know, fourth caller through, you know, and I was done. Oh my God, I'm going to age myself here, but I was entering on a rotary top. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those All are right? still hip. So, those are still hipster worthy. Yeah, so. still hipster. <laughs> so I, I would um, win, you know, stuff. And then I was, I got caught in the dot-com crunch. Um, so I had lost my job and I was at home and my husband, my was I call him my husband. He, um, he had bought me a subscription to Reader's Digest and I used to love to read it in bed because it was little, it's like the, the old school version of scrolling on your phone because it wasn't heavy, like a big hardback book. And the stories are short and sweet. And there was an article in there about a woman or her husband who enhanced their life by entering contests as a hobby. And they would go on trips and the kids had new bicycles and all this stuff. And I thought, oh, what a great idea. I don't have to work. I'll just win stuff. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> but because I was a marketer and I was you know, fairly techy, I took my marketing skills and I applied it to the hobby and I started winning. And at one point we were on a trip that we had won and I won a trip. 
Now, what's really interesting is the trip that I won, I also don't think was an accident because we were in LA at Bob Bloomer's house. Now he's known as the surreal gourmet and he's written a lot of cookbooks and done a lot of art projects. And this is where his life did this and my life did that and we intersected. So I'm at his house and he's cooking dinner for us. And we had the people from the um, management company there. And so there was like six of us, we're all having wine, he's cooking. Oh my God, it was so fun. After, I don't know how many courses, he said, out of the blue, he said, this is the center of my universe. And he's talking about the front of his butcher block where he stands there and he creates. That's where he does all his creation for his cookbooks. I thought, wow, that's really profound to tell strangers. And then he repeated it. And I thought, oh, that's a message for me. Like, you don't need to hit me over the head with the two by four. Now, I had been telling him about entering all these contests and he thought it was a riot. Later on, I come to discover that he took the idea of entering contests, he went and started entering all these um, contests at state fairs. And he's now in the Guinness Book of World Records, I think for peeling the most number of potatoes in a certain amount of time. And wow. I think he's also got the world record for like flipping flapjacks at some state fair. And I thought that's hilarious. So he took the contesting part, applied it to cooking and went that way. And then he had, I took his idea and I went home and I was talking to a girlfriend and I told her the story and she said, well, what's the center of your universe? And I heard the word contesting and I thought, okay, that's great. What am I supposed to do with that? But I knew I was given a breadcrumb. I'm like, okay, I'll wait to see where this goes. So I started doing some research about writing a book because a lot of people said to me, well, you're doing so well, you should write a book. So I called up one fella, I had spoken to him and he said, why would you give away all your secrets? Well, that's a good question. I went back, I was going back to the same girlfriend of coffee and discuss it. I passed, I went a different route than I normally go. And I passed the church and on the service announcement board, it said, you can't lose helping others win. And I went, that's for me. And I'm so mad I didn't go get back and get a picture, but we didn't have, I didn't have a cell phone that had a camera like that at the time. But I knew the instant that I read that message, I didn't, I knew I had to keep going with this contest idea I'm like okay so now what so I started working on a book and it slowly it kept building you know you get the universe won't um one of my favorite mentors is Robert Ohado and he talks it's all backpack guidance he said the universe wants you to go up this mountain but if they said to you hey we want you to go up this mountain you'd look at the mountain and go mm -mm, mm -mm, I'm not doing that they go here we just want you to go 200 feet that way here's a backpack and here's the information you need for the next 200 feet and you're like, yeah, okay, I can do that. And then you get 200 feet and then you get 200. It's so, you know, and then you do get up the mountain, but you're not so freaked out because you're, you're only doing like increments. So I knew they were just giving me like little bits. Cause I thought, oh, this is going to be bigger than I think. So they're, <laughs> they're keeping me from going, no. <laughs> so uh, I, I wrote a book and then I wrote another book. Yeah. And, and one of the things Bob had said to me during that dinner is I asked him about, you know, all these different things. And he had, he had no formal chef training. He was an, he was an art major who used to do these like poor student dinners. So everyone would chip in five bucks and they would buy all the ingredients and they'd eat like Kings for $30 because they'd all buy the ingredients and cook together. And then he wrote a cookbook on that. And he had no mm -hmm. professional chef experience. He was an artist. He took an Airstream. He got an Airstream um, trailer 
and outfitted it with a kitchen and made it look like a toaster. And he said he got sponsors to pay for the whole thing. And he had a television show and he had no chef's training. And I thought, this is brilliant. You know, people, people look and hold themselves back because they think, well, I have to have this first before I can do that. No, you don't. So wait, I have a question. Um, I feel like I've heard of him before and it was a couple years ago. It, it, does, does he have some sort of technique where he like talked to a future self of him or uh, of himself? Or anything I don't know. Like maybe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he I, did. But he, yeah, was, yeah, he's, he's, um, he's, yeah. If you go to like food network or food TV, mm-hmm. um, you'll find him. He does. He was judging something. He's still doing all these cooking shows. He's brilliant. Oh my gosh. The food was so good. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Right. And, uh, yeah, it was it was fantastic. So yeah, I don't think that was an accident because I got a huge breadcrumb on my path from him, so, and and he did too clearly being in the Guinness Book of World Records for contests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who knew? Nice. Who knew? Right. That's the thing we don't realize, like what happens, where it can go. Mm-hmm. Like I could say something to you today, and we don't know where that'll be in ten years. That mm-hmm. can be very exciting. Yeah. No, absolutely. Definitely. So, okay. So you were writing your books. How did you just get into the flow of writing these books then? Like, did you just, was it a drive that just randomly came out of nowhere or did you have to build up the momentum to get there? Oh, it was so hard. The first one was the hardest. I think that's always the thing. And also the technology now to writing books is so much easier than it was when I started. So that hurdle, those hurdles that I had to overcome for the first one aren't there for new people, which is good for them. Because now you can just do it in Word, save it as a PDF and upload it to Amazon, where I had to work with a a company that, you know, did layout and all these different things that, that don't apply anymore. But one of the things I found was, So I read, I loved motivational books. My dad gave me one of these motivational books when I was 18 and said, if I can teach you at 18, when I learned at 36, you'll be way ahead. So I've been reading all these kinds of inspirational, motivational, spiritual books for years. And one of the books I had read was The One Minute Millionaire. And it said, yeah, write a book and in 30 days, be a millionaire. Well, it took me 20 months to write the book and I'm still not a multimillionaire. It happens. It'll happen. But it's just, it was just funny, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I didn't stop. And I think it depends on your book. Like I have friends that are, um, I, I, well, actually one of my neighbors at one point was a a young adult fiction writer. And he said he could put out a book in three weeks. I'm like, three weeks? It takes me that long just to reach out everybody to start the research, right? Mm -hmm. Like a how-to book is far different than a fiction or like there's different genres right so mine involves a lot of research uh i have in my books i interview a lot of people and so for example i would interview you then i would write up the you know the paragraphs that i'm putting in the book then i would send them back to you and sometimes it would go back and forth three or four times before we get something we both like and that's what gets published. Well, that could take a couple of weeks, depending on our schedules. And that's just one person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you're doing a how-to book, it could take much longer, um, you know, than that. But so I took 20 months and uh, I finally, I published it. And then it gets easier because once you do one, once you do it once, you can keep 
it's easier to keep going. Mm -hmm. That's good to know. That's good to know. At least it gets a little bit easier along the way. And I'm um, going to give you a tip I discovered with Helene's books, because when Dyke sent me the original set, he did not have digital copies. He only had a digital copy of the Name and Claim It game, but he only had paper copies of the other three. Hmm. So I literally had to transcribe the paper version into a digital version. And I'm terrible at transcription, I discovered. I didn't know until I started doing the first one in contact with other realms and went, oh my gosh, this is bad. What I discovered, and this will help people that think faster than they can type, is you can do um, talk to text. So you can just open your doc and just, I use, I found the best mic for that for my computer was my headset. You know, the, like the one you use on your phone with the little mic. You see everybody on TikTok holding it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just, I read the book out. And yeah. then I went back and fixed it. It was way easier than trying to like read and then type and then read and then type. I'm not one of those people from the secretarial pool in 1965 that could just, <laughs> not me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. That's uh -huh. not me looking at, because they would look at a, the document here and just type, I like, oh my gosh, I still look at my fingers. I mean, half the time I'm doing this, but I wrote mm -hmm. books, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, and Grammarly is my best friend. Yeah. Oh my I God. get I notifications from world. them that I, um, I, I'm in the top 95 percentile of users. Oh, wow. Okay. Like I use it more than 95% of their subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Like hey. stats every week. And sometimes it goes higher, sometimes it goes lower. I've seen 97%. Yeah. Each week, I use it so much. Some tools, that's the other thing. We have tools available to us that we didn't have in the past. You know, you have Grammarly and Canva and all these things. You can just, there's, you can just use the tools. You don't, you don't dig a garden with a teaspoon. You get a shovel. Right. Use mm -hmm. the right tools for the right job. So get the, you know, the spade and the rake and in you know all the tools you need and just go out there and and use it it makes it so much easier yeah no for sure for sure um man i have so many different things that we can go into right now so one of the things i think most recently so like it doesn't it doesn't really happen to me very often and i think it happened, it happened like a couple months ago but every once in a while i run into a piece of content that triggers my ego, my inner child, something. And I'm just like, no, I don't want to listen to that. Mute it. And I remember that it, it happened with one of your videos, like not too long ago, where you said, where, what if part of your soul contract is not, you know, being a billionaire or, you know, like you're trying to go after this one thing, but it's just not happening for you. What if it's not part of your contract? And I remember just hearing that. I'm like, no, I get whatever I want. This is how the universe works. Like this is part of my contract. And I, I remember when I had that reaction, I had to stop and, and ask myself like, well, having that reaction of like defending it is some sort of like latent fear that's inside of you that it could be true. Right. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna sit down and meditate with it. And I meditated, I think after I watched that video, it threw me into like this kind of like really deep self-analysis as to like, not only what I think I've been trying to create in my reality, but 
what I thought would actually make me happy is now showing up in my reality. Like, nah, like this was an illusion. You thought you would get this, you got it, or you're really close to getting it. And now all of a sudden you just don't want it because you know, it's not, it's not the answer. So I want to talk about that. Like, how did you come into that kind of wisdom of like your soul contract and like those finer details? Like, did that personally happen to you? Well, sort of. Okay. So that again, back to my favorite mentor, Robert Ohado, that's one of the things he says, he says, you know, everyone's trying to, to, you know, you'll see all these people, oh, you can be a millionaire. And he says, yeah, if that's not in your soul contract, you won't get it. And also I found a lot of people, I did this one video and people were so mad at me. I can't remember what the video was, but people were so mad at me that Helene Hadsel didn't win the lottery. Mm. And I'm thinking, okay, first of all, there was no state lottery at the time she was winning all her, her contests. Like you can't compare now to then. Mm-hmm. So she didn't even have a chance to try because it didn't even exist for her. Mm-hmm. And secondly, by the time they had the state lottery, she'd already won everything she wanted. So why would she need to win the lottery? She won yeah. the trips. She won, you know, the things with the kids. She won a fully furnished home. She won cars. Like, you, what would she need? And even I do this sometimes. You know, I teach this stuff. And then I forget. And then, so I turned around and um, I did a vision board this year. I took, I highly recommend Paulette Baron Reed's vision board class at the beginning of every year. She's amazing. So I did this vision board. It took me about a week because I really wanted to make sure what I'm putting on there was really specific. I was really intentional for what I wanted for 2022. And about a week after I had done it, one of the things manifested and that was a trip. So my boyfriend we had a snowstorm and he's like, I'm done. Book us a trip. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I just did it again. I had the trip on there. It just showed up for me. Like I didn't have to work for it. it just came. So we're on this vacation and I had taken and my sister, when I turned 50 had taken me away on vacation. I thought, okay, great. When she turns 50, I'll take her on vacation. But that year I had gone to a destination wedding. I had won a trip that we went on and then she was getting married. So there was no time or money for me to take her on vacation. And then everything shut down. So they never went on a honeymoon. We never got to go away. So we're on this trip and walking along the beach. And I said, I'd really like to take her and her husband away on a trip because I never got to take her away for a birthday. They never got a honeymoon. And in my brain, I'm thinking, okay, I got to finish my next book. I got to pay off the credit cards and then save some money. And then I can book us a trip. Mm-hmm. What do we teach? And what's going through my head? Opposites. So I get home a week after I'm home. There's Super Bowl is on. And there's a gazillion contest with the Super Bowl. There was one I was eligible for and they were giving away 100 trips. I'm like, I'm winning me one of those. For four hours, I sat there, like I read all the rules. My number one tip, always read the rules. You don't want to disqualify yourself. I sat there and I furiously posted on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as part of the promotion for the whole four hours. I could barely even eat a piece of pizza. I was just like, while they're playing, I'm entering. While the commercials were on, I was snapping pictures because that was the way the contest was run. And Monday came and nothing. And I was like, oh. And then I realized... I read back and read the rules. Oh, they're doing the draws on Monday. And, they, and then they have to notify 100 people. It takes time. I'm the marketer. Hello, I should know this. Mm-hmm. Tuesday morning, I'm lying in bed. 
and I get a notification on Twitter. I won one of the trips. And I'm like, hello, I didn't need the money. I didn't need the book. I didn't need, I just manifested the trip. Mm -hmm. I messaged my sister. I'm like, we're going to Mexico. <laughs> Four of us. She's like, we can't go away for that amount of money. I said, oh, it's U.S. I got a $5,000 U.S. gift card. So the four of us are going to an all-inclusive Mexico in October. I'm booking it this nice. week with the agent. Like, <laughs> like nice. I didn't need the money. I wanted a trip for four. I got a trip for four. I didn't need the money. Like, mm -hmm. that's what we need to remember. What do you actually want? People always say money. Now, what do you, what do you want to do with the money? Well, focus on that and don't worry about how it shows up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We need to remember that. Don't worry about how it shows up. Now, I won it. That was fun. Yeah. <laughs> but something else could happen. I could have been a big client. She could have showed up and I could have suddenly had all the money I needed from a big job that I got or I don't know. Right. right? Like yeah. it could come anywhere. Yeah. A friend could call and say, hey, I have a thing for six people. Bring your sister. Right, right, right. Right. We don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah, there's another guy on TikTok. I can't remember his name. He made a similar video about that um, where He's when I saw it. Calculator. The I, calculator. I love Mark. And I was able to stop in Tennessee and see him and his wife on my way back from Texas. He didn't actually think I was gonna show up because people say, yeah, we we're gonna meet. And he's like, no, you don't. And then I showed yeah. up, <laughs> he was like, what? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember when I saw his video and he was talking about that. Um, it was like, it was very, because the way I manifest has always been like that, has always been like, okay, well, I wanna do X, Y, and Z some way shape or form it's going to come together i don't really know how right. and oftentimes it does come into fruition in miraculous ways like that i would never anticipate and one of my right? things has been like yeah yeah for sure yeah you just gotta put it out there like it's gonna happen it's gonna whatever so when i watched recalculator's video and he was talking about you know it's not about the money it's about what's the next project like if you want to build a house okay that's what you want to do let the other pieces come into play to get that house and like um i believe it was the 83 year old sage where um there was a guy that she talks about uh helene talks about where he had he was like a i think he was like a a priest and then he had this dream about this house that he would walk up the stairs and it had all these tapes and then um he was well, doing that's like joseph, own... that's joseph murphy he, jo dr joseph murphy was famous he wrote i think 40 something books on the power of the subconscious mind mm -hmm. and that is a story that he never wrote about but she put it in her book about oh. how he manifested so she managed a fully furnished home by winning it and he managed a fully he manifested a fully furnished home by uh, inheriting it mm-hmm so yeah. he, he sat there and he envisioned this house and he didn't know where it was going to come from. And out of the blue, a lawyer showed up at his door um, because she, he was doing these motivational um, podcasts. Yeah. Podca well, yeah, we call them podcasts now. They were on yeah. the radio back in the day. <laughs> he would make tapes. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I know, right? Um, so he wanted a recording studio to make tapes and inspirational messages for people. And they were on the radio and this woman would love listening to him. 
and she had no family. And so she thought, well, when I pass away, I'm going to leave this all to him. Mm -hmm. So five months after he started envisioning this house, um, a lawyer knocks on his door and said, you've inherited this house. Let's go. <laughs> He's like, okay. Yeah. Right? And the story is really interesting too, because he walks in there and he's like, wait, is there like a staircase that goes upstairs and there's like tapes and stuff? And the lawyer's kind of like, uh, yeah, how did you know that? And he's like, because, you know, I pretty much have dreamt this whole entire experience. Well, he, he, he didn't want to say because he thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's right. That's cuckoo. right. He said, oh, I just I just thought a house like this would have something like that. Just brush it off as coincidence or you know, just, oh, I, I just had this idea, just, you know. <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. This to think about, like, one of the things that I, 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 I loved about that story particularly is, like, I teach people a lot about, like, subconscious communication. So, like, um, telepathy is a huge psychic power that people want to, like, tap into. And there's three levels to telepathy. There's, like, mind to mind, emotion to emotion, and soul to soul. And, like, reading his experience like he was literally in the astral space communicating his desire to another soul that could fulfill that particular desire so when she crossed over as a soul she left over everything else that she had towards him and it, it was kind of like a really cool because even helen uh helene ends up talking about it when she's um helping these two other women at a game where she's like okay her, her and her daughter like the lady and her daughter yeah. wanted to win a game and then Helene's like, okay, well, you're going to basically just project into the environment that you guys won. Like, it's your winning. And then that's kind of like one of the things that I, I think a lot of people don't understand when it comes to the law of attraction is that you're constantly communicating, not just like with your own desires, but you're also communicating with like the environment, like the collective consciousness that's going to help you manifest what you're looking for. Do you agree? Yeah, because she told me and I finally started re-listening to my interviews with her and I she told me, cause I like to enter a lot of contests and she's like, you're splitting your energy. She's like, she would pick one. The whole family would focus on it. They knew they were going to get it. And that was it. And I still like to enter a lot of different things. To me, that's part of the fun of the hobby. I like not knowing necessarily exactly what I'm going to win. Some of it I do. Like, I really think I won that trip also. Cause that was like, I was like laser beam on that trip contest. But other things, I'm like, ooh, look, we can go see this singer in concert. Ooh, look, there's a trip to over here. Ooh, look, I could win, you know, a new fridge. Ooh, like I, to me, that's part of the fun. Mm -hmm. So I'm part of, I'm, I'm split because I'm like, do I just focus on one thing like Helene or do I just stay in what I think is part of the hobby and part of the fun of the, the, so I've decided, I think I just like the fun part of it for me. And I think that's one thing you have to decide is how do you like to do it? Because she did say you're splitting your energy. And I do get that. I do understand what she means by that. Right? Yeah, for sure. Right? It's like having 100 tickets to um, like a pick a prize. Do you put them all in one? Or I'm going around and I'm putting one in each one. So my odds of getting it are less. But mm -hmm. to me, part of it is fun doing all of that. So I'm going to keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. So when it comes to manifestation, like I know a lot of people listen to this podcast because, you know, that's one of the things that they're really interested in. They want to like dive deeper into not only winning games, but really just manifesting their dream lives and stuff. So 
what would be like the main tips for people who are looking to become a contest king or queen, you know? Well, first, okay, so I created, when I started, there was no resources out there. So I made my website a hub of all things contesting. And one of the first tips I give people is set up an email address just for entering sweepstakes. Don't mix it in. I The reason I'm really good at teaching this stuff is because I made every mistake under the sun. And sadly, I have a series on TikTok called Silly Sweepstakes Mistake. And I did, I did one the other day on Twitter. I can't believe it. It said, you know, quote tweet. And I retweeted it and replied. And then I'm like, how come I didn't win? There was low entries. And I went back and I read it. Seriously? How did I miss that? And, I, I, and I'm the one that tells everybody what to do. Mm -hmm. So I still, I make this uh, mistakes myself. Sometimes I have an email address just for entering. So it doesn't get mixed up with everything to always read the rules, even though reading the rules is my number one tip because you will disqualify yourself. Like how many times can you enter? Are you even eligible to enter? Like, is it open to your area? Like what if it's only open to your state and you're in a, in a, in a you live somewhere else and it's only open to, you know, New York or whatever. Mm -hmm. I have alarms for all the radio stations. So five minutes before the hour, I have an alarm go off on my phone and I forgot to shut it off, but I'm really sorry. So that I can turn it on and listen for my name because you have 10 minutes to call in if they call your name and you don't want to miss out on that. Oh, hey. This is, yeah, that's, yeah, you have to be actually, the third tip, good timing, synchronicity, be organized because it's the number one thing I see people doing wrong is they're not organized. So if you can enter every day, well, where are you, how do you remember to go back every day and enter? Because mm -hmm. you want to maximize your odds of winning. Um, or if you go back weekly, you know, there's, you want to be organized in your hobby. Are you entering for what you really want? So say you want to travel. You decided tr travel is your number one uh, prize that you want to go for. So why are you wasting your time on all these other giveaways? You should sort it in such a way that if you only have 10 minutes to enter today, you're only entering for trips because mm -hmm. that's what you really, really, really want to win. So sort, you know, you got to sort it out and everybody's going to want different things. You might want to travel. I might want a new kitchen. So I'm going to enter for gift cards and new appliances and anything construction-y, you know, like, oh, I could win new flooring, stuff like that. So whatever you decide is your goal or your focus, then that's what you should enter first. Okay. And right. And then also I have like reminders. Uh, that's one of my organizational tips. So I don't forget. And then sometimes I'm busy and I'll shut off the alarm and then I'll keep typing whatever I'm working on. And then I'll be like, Oh no, I missed my name. And then I'll check some radio stations post some don't. So it's, it's, and it's fun. There's Pete, there's a lot of sweepstakers out there. And I discovered that at the annual national sweepstakes convention, there's hundreds, there's actually thousands in the U S but only hundreds show up at the convention. Okay. So, do, okay. That's another question. Like, are there a lot of people that are like you when you go to those conventions? Do you, do you meet a lot of people that consistently win? You are going to love this. First of all, it's actually easier. I live in Canada. It's actually easier to win in the U.S. than in Canada. There's more sweepstakes available and more opportunities to win than I have and win bigger because your marketing's bigger. So this is where my, my marketer crown comes on. 
it's a numbers game. We have, our whole country has less than the state of California. So the marketing budget for any given company in the United States is gonna be much larger than in Canada. So the, there's more, there's bigger prizes and there's more of them mm. in, in the United States. And so a lot of my US counterparts win more than me just because they have that opportunity. Now, in the United States, if it's over $600, you'll get a tax form. You're taxed on your winnings. Whereas we're not taxed in Canada, but I say I would happily, happily, happily give Uncle Sam his cut uh, for the chance to win what you guys can down there. So, it, but it is, it's so fun. And so, um, you will like this story. So my very first convention. So I'm writing my first book. I discover there's conventions. My husband and I go to this convention. And because we registered so late, um, we ended up in the Overflow Hotel. And it was, I think, a Holiday Inn Express. You know, they have the breakfast bar. So we're sitting there having our, you know, morning breakfast. And I'm looking around at all these people that I've never met that are from all over the US. They were the only Canadians. And I said to him, I know these people, like I knew these people, like in my soul, I knew these people. And I'm like, this is weird. And then we get into the big convention hall. There was 600 people in attendance that year in 2005. And it moves around. So that year it was in Moline, Illinois. This year it's in Manchester, New Hampshire. So it moves around. We've been all over. It's so fun. So I get into the convention hall and people were treating me like they'd known me for 20 years and, um, so kind and I, I'm like I know these people it just got so strange so I phoned a really intuitive girlfriend I had and I told her the story and she said wow you met your soul group and I'm like she's that's that's rare I'm like wow yeah these are my peeps so I looked at my husband and I said I'm coming back every year and he's like oh my god <laughs> and it's so fun because I call it the good crazies. You have to be a little bit crazy to enter sweepstakes as a hobby. Mm -hmm. You do weird things to win. You spend time doing things other people would never do, right? Mm -hmm. But I have met people and gone on adventures and done things if it wasn't for this hobby. Like even just going to Helene's and getting her stuff, I never would have met her if I wasn't entering sweepstakes. Mm -hmm. I met you because I teach I teach like you have to manifest prizes. So I follow people like you on TikTok, on other social channels. And I connected with you because of sweepstakes. Mm -hmm. Like I never would have met you had I not been entering sweepstakes, so, which is, you know, a little mind bendy, but it's cool. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's what I love about it. And unfortunately with everything that's been going on in the past few years, like in, uh, I wasn't able to go cause I was either, I moved one year, I was, tr I was busy the next. And then of course we had two years of shutdown. So I couldn't attend. So I'm going this year. I'm so excited. I'm going to be giving many of my friends very long inappropriate hugs. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing well, like the energy of another person. Like I do virtual meetings and things, but it's not the same as being in the same room with lots of sweepers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's really important too. Like the the you know the soul tribe because you know that's what they usually say in terms of psychology. Like the people you hang out with, the people you spend your energy with, are the people that you're basically going to be like connecting with and almost like manifesting with those people as well. So I think it's really important that like you share that story too because it's like a lot of times people feel like they have to find their soul tribe 
in a specific community or at a, uh, a specific, you know, kind of like shamanic event or something, but really you can connect with people through like your hobbies, right? Like something that you really love, you love contest winning, your soul tribe might be all the people who are into that type of magic pretty much. Yeah. But you could, you could have a soul tribe in anything. Like what if you love knitting and you connect with the group that meets every Wednesday at the local, you know, wool shop, that yeah. could be your tribe. There used to be quilting circles, right? Yeah. People used to get around and they would talk and, and uh, scrap or like anything. You could connect on anything. People that love sports, the, you know, uh, you, you have a favorite football team or you like to go fishing or um, heck, there's conventions for everything. The coin collectors and the stamp collectors and the people that go to Comic-Con and all these different things. There's so many different, and you don't even have to just belong to one. Mm -hmm. You might find more than one tribe. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, I almost have two tribes. I have my sweepstakes tribe, and then I have all my manifestation metaphysical peeps. Mm -hmm. Like, Helene, yeah. I really think Helene has helped bridge that gap for me. Mm -hmm. Because it's funny, because my book, um, my last book, I'm writing a new one, How to Win Cash Cars, Trips, and More, has a chapter on manifesting. And her book is the name and claimant game, which is all about manifesting, but it has a chapter in it on how to win. So it's hers is a law of attraction book with a little bit of sweepstaking and mine's a sweepstaking book with a little manifesting in it. <laughs> a little bit both, right? It's, yeah, it's a good balance for sure. <laughs> and it's fun. Cause that's how I started that is because people could say to me, how do you get, how do you become lucky? Mm. And you really have to feel you're lucky or believe you're lucky before you are. Helene tells the story in her book of, because when you win stuff, everybody's like, oh, show me how. And you show them and they're like, that's hard work. I'm not going to do that. And you're like, well, that's kind of the point. It's like, mm -hmm. I call it January at the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, people all hear about my book. I'll be on a podcast. A lot of new sweepers will come about and they realize it's work and then they drop off. So it's like January at the gym where everyone's like, this January, I'm going to get fit. And they start eating well and they go to the gym every day. And then by the end of January, it's back to the regulars because mm -hmm. yeah. it's hard work and they don't want to put in the time or the effort. Yeah, no, for sure. Right? I think, you know, that's, yeah, that's that. I love that you brought that up because I think a, a lot of spiritual and manifestation people that teach this type of stuff, they're usually asked like, what's the secret sauce, right? Like what, what is the one thing you got to do so you can bypass everything else and not have to do anything. And oh. the, the main thing, like, the main thing that especially in my, at least in my field, cause I teach more of like the psychic realm and stuff like that. I always tell them like, it's a lifestyle. Like that's, it literally is like part of your personality. It's part of everything you do. Like there's going to be ups and downs, you know, there's days where I definitely am like, oh my God, am I still connected to the universe? But we, even when I have those those days of doubt because my ego is stepping in I still have to somehow cultivate a secondary practice that reminds me you know today's just an off day like it doesn't mean that you got disconnected it doesn't mean that there's anything wrong it's just today you're just not feeling it and you got to keep kind of like cultivating not only like I, I call it like willpower determination and dedication really it's just like if you want to become a law of attraction or you want to become a law of the universe you have to become that law ultimately so yeah like i i'm really appreciative that you brought that up because one of the things that i was going to ask you even was like 
what what would be like your main tip for people to become more lucky? And then when you brought that up, I'm like, you know, I was almost going to ask you the same kind of question that people ask us often, you know? Well, he, so the story in Helene's book is she had a woman who, of course, her neighbor's like, oh, show me how to win. And so Helene does because she's fun and generous. I do it too. I mean, so we're cut from the same cloth. And in those days, you mailed in all your entries. Now it's on your phone or your computer. Um, there's still the occasional mail-in, but not to the level that it was. And so they drive to the post office and the woman throws in the entries into the mailbox and goes, well, there goes nothing. And Helene's like, yeah, you're right. There goes nothing. Like, yeah. I get people saying to me, oh, I never win. I'm like, well, you, you won't. And they're like, what do you mean I won't? I'm like, because you don't think you'll win. Well, yeah, I'll win. No, you won't. You have to believe you're a winner. You have to think you're lucky and believe you're lucky before you are. I wrote out this... Um, little chant that I, I taught at one of the conventions and you, you say to yourself, I'm lucky. I'm a winner. I'm a grand prize magnet. Yeah. Right. And you feel it. Mm -hmm. And you know, you don't know what's going to win and that's, you just have the live in the excitement of it. And mm -hmm. sometimes it's big and sometimes it's little. Yeah. The embodiment of it all for sure. Yeah. Right. It is. And it's fun. And some people don't believe it. And Helene, and don't tell everybody that you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, just just do it. You know, when I first started dating George, he's like, you, I, I put it up to the inverse. I need someone that can handle this crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. The first summer I go code hunting. So I go and look for codes that people throw away in the garbage. So a lot of the soda pop companies or the beer companies, they'll put a code on a package to encourage sales. And when you have that code, you can go and enter it to win. Now, I always say support the sponsor by, you know, buy some of the product, but I can't eat or drink enough to um, enter as much as I want. But a lot of people, they don't see the word win and they just bin the products. Now, I live in an area where we have open blue box bins for recycle day. So people put out these, they almost look like Rubbermaid containers, just open Rubbermaid containers on the side of the road. So I walk along the road with a little bag and I look in and if I see a cap or a tab or a box, I rip off the code, put it in and keep walking on my merry way. And I get all my steps in. And so George was like, you got to focus on work because he's hard work is how you are successful. And I'm like, no, no, it's not the only way to be successful. It's mm -hmm. one of the ways, but not all the ways. And I'm like, look, I can either pay the gym for the summer and go and pay them and go walk on the treadmill, or I can walk around the neighborhood for free and find codes and win stuff. Which would you pick? I'm going to mm -hmm. pick the free one. So by the end of that summer, then I want a trip for 40 Universal from one of the codes. And he's like, did we really win? I'm like, yeah, we really won. He just couldn't really wrap his head around it. And then we, we went on this vacation. And so when I was doing the whole Super Bowl trying to win this trip, he just sat there watched at the Super Bowl. He just kept shaking his head at me like, she's crazy. And then mm -hmm. on the Tuesday morning, I come out of bed and I'm in my underwear and I'm like, we won a trip. And he's just like, <laughs> but now he knows it's real. Like, because we've got one summer, I kept winning concert tickets. It was great. Every date night, 
we're off somewhere. Now I tell people these things are free, but they still cost you money. Like we had to pay gas and parking. And then of course we had, you know, drinks at the show. And, you know, so if we had, and when I was married, uh, we, our daughter, my daughter was little, of course we had to pay for a babysitter, you know, like you still have those expenses, but the concert tickets are the free, Mm -hmm. right? So have your budget where you can afford to still go to the show or take the trip because, you know, you get the trip, but you still have to get yourself to the airport. You might want to go on excursions that aren't included. You might want to buy souvenirs. That's not included. You want to tip staff. That's not included. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're, but you take this little tiny travel budget and you just blew it up. Okay. Where are we going next? We got tickets to a comedy show this month. That you won as well? That we won. Actually, we won them in the fall. But because of where I live, we had extended lockdowns. They bumped it to the spring. So we'll go. We're going to go this month. (laughs) Nice. Right? Like day night. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's something I... Cash. We'll take it all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. That's something I've actually taught my husband because... um. I'm one of those people, like, I'm, I'm an Aries, I'm super hella impatient. So, like, one of the things that I... I <laughs> oh, my God, you have to be so patient when you're in your sweet <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, one of the things that I've learned um, through, like, magic is, like, I don't have to wait anywhere. And, like, mo- even my friends for the longest time were like, no, like, it's a Saturday and everybody's out to try to go get breakfast. We're going to wait for 45 minutes. I'm like, no, no, no. Look, we're just going to walk in there. You're going to see there's a table open and it's just going to happen. And then it's, that's just like the thing. Like everyone's just like, okay, just let Axel find the parking spot. Let Axel pick out the restaurant. Cause that's going to be the place that's open. Right. And that's one of the things that I've taught my husband. Cause he's got like this mental mindset sometimes where he's just like, oh man, like the resistance, he sees the immediate resistance that's there. And I'm like, it's all an illusion. It's only resistance yeah, if you materialize <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. So then he's like, he'll go through his little, his little, like, you know, mental rant. And I'd be like, okay, like, just shut up and just let me do what I do. And then we always get into a place to like immediately. And then he does the same thing where he's like, okay, like, I don't know why I ever doubted it. You know what I mean? So yeah, no, I definitely resonate with that a lot. Um, Right. It's so fun. But my, yeah, yeah, yeah. but my family and, and I forget. So like I text my sister the morning that I won and I'm like, call me right away. Meanwhile, forgetting that my mom had been in the hospital and was fine after, but my sister calls me, what, what's going on? What's wrong? What's wrong with mom? I'm like, Oh, I forgot. Never mind. I want a trip. We're going on a, you're going on a honeymoon with us. And she's like, Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, they don't, they don't, uh, they don't doubt me. And sometimes that's what people ask me first. Oh, what have you won? But also it's a numbers game. Like I've been so busy working, like traveling and working. I have not been really entering at the level that I want. Mm-hmm. Of course, my prizes are down because it's all, it's, it's, it's a, like a sales funnel. I did a little video on how it's a sales funnel. The more you put in the top, the more it comes out the bottom. It's exactly like a sales funnel. Mm-hmm. That's a great analogy. I really right? like that, that comparison. But it, yeah. I've always been big on that. But it's like anything. Like, look at how, remember, I, have you read the story of how Jack Canfield and Mark Fixer Hansen wrote the first Chicken Soup of the Soul book? And they went to like a book fair and talked to like 140-something publishers that all said no. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. eventually one said yes. Yeah. Right? They go. kept sticking stuff in the funnel because they knew eventually something's going to come out the bottom. But they just mm-hmm. didn't know how long. 
And Colonel Sanders was let, let that way. How many times did he go around trying to sell his recipe for chicken and like franchise his business? And he was in his 60s and he just kept going. And sure enough. Got it. Yeah. Like you have to just keep. That's the point that I wanted to make to you. You said something earlier. Um, one of the things people forget is we're in 3D in Earth school. Mm -hmm. So as a marketer. I also work with, you know, spiritual people and I say, yeah, but you have a spiritual business. So yeah, you, you got to do all the earth stuff. You need a business bank account. You need to file your taxes. You need to do your bookkeeping. You need to have a website. You need to do, you need to do all the earthly stuff. You can't just sit and, oh, my clients are just going to show up. No, you do it. You're doing a podcast, you're doing a video, you're doing YouTube, you do TikTok, you're, you know, you're out there. Mm -hmm. You don't just sit there on the couch. My clients are going to show up at my door. Yeah, it's like even though it's tempting. Show up. No, I go enter. I walk around the neighborhoods. I'm looking for codes. I'm scanning the, the sweepstakes websites. There's aggregates that put all the sweepstakes in one spot, make it really easy for you. And I just will go through them and enter them. They don't just magically appear on my doorstep. That's the old, um, you must have heard the old classic where, you know, Joe's in church and he's praying every day, God, please let me win the lottery every Sunday. He's in there, please. Finally, one Sunday he hears, Joe, meet me halfway, buy a ticket. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? He's praying to win the lottery and he doesn't even have a ticket. <laughs> yeah 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 you gotta sure. you gotta do your half yeah you gotta open up your energy you gotta be willing that's like one of the the last things i guess we we can just brush up on i want to come back and talk about contest rules because that one caught me not too long ago um there is this huge giveaway um 300 days, like basically a whole entire year traveling to every Marriott location and it was fully paid. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to go into it. And I, I remember reading the rules. My husband read the rules. And when I posted the video, I had realized that I missed one detail in my video, which was like one of my shirts had a little design on it and they had specifically written that they didn't want any like you know, logos or anything. And I'm like, well, it doesn't say H&M on it. It's just like a butterfly. I'm like, I wonder if that still counts. And I was like, well, I'm just going to hope for the best. But part of me already knew that I had violated the, the rule. So I think that was one of the things I really wanted to bring up because it was weird because Helen was walking me through the it whole entire on, thing. It depends on the company. So some, mm -hmm. if it was just a butterfly with no specific anything, some company, this is the problem with a judge and you don't know. So some companies might be like, oh yeah, that's nothing, doesn't matter. Other companies is like, no, it has to be a plain t-shirt. That's the problem. So the rules, so this is where you get into the marketers. So you got the, the marketers who design the giveaway and then you have the lawyers who write the rules. Because one of the things people don't realize, this is back to earth school, is the rules are legal and binding contract between the entrant and the sponsor, and they're always written in the favor of the sponsor. And there was a great documentary on McMillions about the scandal, about the fella who cheated in the McMillions contest. To, to, one of the things that they left out 
which really frustrated me in the documentary, but it was in the original article, was the reason the guy decided to cheat was two of the marketers, when they did the original random draw about where the main winning ticket would be placed, because it is random and it's all computerized, it came up in Canada, because at that time, that contest was open to Canada and the US together at the same time. Now they split them apart. A lot of times it's either open to Canada or to the United States. And they decided, oh no, we don't want it in Canada. So they redrew and the security fellow went, oh, this game is rigged. So the real cheaters in this to me were the original marketers because they should never have done that. If it, if the computer randomly picked Canada, that's where it should go. Mm -hmm. And they, they shouldn't, shouldn't have done that. And so then in the McMillions, in the documentary, when they were catching people, the main district attorney said, okay, let's use the rules in the court. And I just jumped out of my seat. I'm like, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. The rules. See, I tell you, I tell everybody, I tell the rules are important. They don't believe me. It can be, it can be used in a court of law. And they were, you might be surprised if it had nothing but just the butterfly, you might be surprised. Well, don't rule it out yet. Okay. I'll, I'll stay open with it. I'll stay open with, stay it. Open with it. I was like, I'm ready to travel for a whole year. Yes. I was like feeling it. And yeah. Then, plane is better. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, travel I just for was a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you no, could see you have a portable business. Mm -hmm. Take yeah. your laptop, have laptop, we'll travel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And I was just like, even if I don't win it, I could still do it. But I it would have been cool to have that. And then I wanted to make like a whole series on it. Like, look, I use, Helene's like techniques and then bam, like I got this whole thing going on. So I'm still going to be doing it anyway. Um, but yeah, the other, the other thing I wanted to add in there is like this one time, probably like two or three years ago, I got really obsessed with the lottery and I just want, I just felt like this would be really uh, cool to share, but I was like, okay, well, like I'm, I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to win the lottery. I'm going to win the lottery. And I had like no flaw in my mind that it was going to happen no matter what. And I played the lottery, I, I kid you not, 14 times. And every time I won $14, like on the dot. And then I realized, okay, I said I was going to win the lottery, but I never said I was going to win the jackpot. And yeah, I'm like, there you got it. I tell people that all the time. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely possible, especially when you have that level of like, okay, it's going to happen no matter what. Like, and there's so many other awesome stories. Like, um, I always think back of like how luck is a, a frequency vibration that you're you're always in. Another story of a guy that like he was in a coma for I think like 10, five to 10 years or something like that. One day he just randomly wakes up out of his coma. He gets out of the hospital. He goes to uh, the gas station, scratches off a winning lotto ticket pretty much and won like $250,000 immediately after waking up from a coma. What and he was just kind of, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, what? You know, like so mind blown. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, luck is literally a frequency um, yes. that you tune yourself to, you know what I mean? Like you live that life. So um, wrapping this up, I guess, Anto High is, is a way of life that we teach here. And um, it means three things. It means the cravings of life, the cravings of victory, or the power of the gods. Which one do you feel like you're embodying right now? Um, I'm in victory mode on my way to see the gods. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Nice. And like, uh, what, like, what kind of, what's that like for you, I guess? Well, right now I'm in kind of sharing um, what I know mode. So I'm writing 
other books and I'm enhancing um, Helene's stuff. Like I knew um, as soon as I had the opportunity to go down and get her stuff, I'm like, yeah, because Dyke 75, I got to get in the car. I got to go. Like I just knew that this was part of a piece of the puzzle or part of the path that I have to be on and I'm going to go get it. Mm-hmm. I just knew it. I don't know how I knew it. I just knew it. And it was a lot of work and it was very tiring. It was so fun. Would I do it again? Absolutely. But I just knew that I had to go to get the other piece of the puzzle. And sure enough, like I said, I found enough material to write another book. So clearly I had to go down and get that stuff. Mm-hmm. Clearly. Right. It was, and it was destined. I have another question, actually. Have you had any experiences with a crystal ball? Not yet. I need to, I think I need to take a course or something because I am so earth girl. So my, I don't know if you do astrology at all, but my sun, my moon and my Mercury are all in Capricorn, like grounded Mm -hmm. business earth girl. And my Saturn, which is conjunct Chiron in the 10th house of career. So again, workhorse, but I bring in the wounded healer, which is the metaphysical side of it. Mm -hmm. Right. Very cool. But like I said, I'm, so I, I channel, but I channel business, you know, I find, so I see, you know, the things that Helene, I'm like, oh, I can do a course on that. I can teach this. I can, it's all business. Like I put everything I was finding to organize. She had a conference table there because she used to teach people. It's a very open concept house. It was, um, I also want to say barn style where it was just kind of a roof and they had a bedroom and a, the bathrooms were separate, but it was the kitchens and a seating area and a conference. And she made walls by putting up bookcases. Like it was super open, which is really nice. And uh, so on this conference table that she had from the seventies had the big wheelie puffy chairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just basically everything I found, I just put it on the table just to sort it. And then once I got it on the table, I'm like, okay, what am I really going to pack up and take home? Like, because so much of the stuff was back in the day where we didn't have access to people like you, mm-hmm. you know, I couldn't just turn on YouTube. I open my phone, lie in bed, watch YouTube. Like there was no access. You had to go to the bookstore. You had to find a section. You had to hope the owner had ordered some of these things in. So she, she had a lot of books on, you know, things that palmistry and, and, and different things and astrology and numerology and things. And they were stacked. And I was like, do I really need these? I mean, I can Google it now. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I have to have the space for this stuff. And this stuff is some of it's out of date because our te- our teachers, right. Some of them are still classic. Like Francis Chauvel Shin taught over 120 years ago. And mm-hmm. then in the thirties, it was Neville Goddard. And then the fifties and sixties, it was like Jose Silva. And Helene was in that group. Like she hung around joseph murphy she hung around paul twitchell she hung around like norman vincent peel i don't know if you caught this in the book norman vincent peel himself the author of the power of positive thinking told joseph murphy he needed to go talk to helene mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> wow that's cool right yeah. so who who we all see now at like hay house that kind of crowd Mm-hmm. He, she hung out with that crowd back in the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Right. So and those teachers and how many of the teachers now teach like stuff that we didn't see before. So we're all and I know like she passed the gauntlet on to me and I'm going to pass it on to somebody else, just like you are at some point. Mm-hmm. At some point, Absolutely. you're going to take your business and your gauntlet and you're going to go, OK, you now need to teach 
and build upon what I started. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The work never really stops, you know, like, especially in the metaphysical realm, like as people's consciousness and the times themselves change, like that's something I learned with Reiki. Um, That's what actually made me really famous was the fact that like, I went through a PTSD experience. I tried all the different types of Reikis that were out there. None of them worked to like help me. And then I was like, okay, there's gotta be something more here that I'm missing. Right. And then that's what led me to kind of like figuring out like innovations in the Reiki world itself. So yeah, definitely. And I know like it, it was weird because I had this conversation not too long ago with one of my old masters um, where he was just kind of like, at some point, Axel, like you're going to realize that like the work is so much more than what you're able to bring in one lifetime and you're going to have to give it to somebody else. And it's a, it's a very grounding experience to realize that, that like, you know, it's so much bigger than us, you know? So yeah, yeah we sure. don't know where it's going to go, but we're here now and we're here to make our mark and put our energetic footprint. And that's why I love connecting with people like you, because it helps expand my footprint. It helps me expand what I'm here to do, because I know I even lit I lit I lit a, a success incense before we started, because I wanted the people who needed to hear this to hear it. Helene always said, and I put this at the beginning of each book, help me become a channel so people can help themselves. Like she didn't want to take credit for it. She wanted it to kind of come through her from the universal consciousness and out to who needs to hear it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, I've, I've always thought that, but I didn't say it the same way she did. Like mm-hmm. I need to be here to put it out there and then who gets it is going to get it right no that's beautiful that's definitely something that we need like how can we help each other more as a whole collective so yeah thank you for being here like this is such a great podcast like you have so much great wisdom and like I'm just so blessed to have you here I'm definitely gonna have to have you back again a little bit later in person um, we're gonna do it yes. in person one time yes as soon as the t- a li- timing aligns we're going to do this again, but we're not going to be on two separate screens. We're going to hang out together. Yep. 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 For sure. I'll bring my mics and everything. So it'll definitely be a thing. So thank you, Carolyn, everyone. This is Carolyn Willem and she's like the contest queen. Check out her books that she's rewritten uh, for Helene Hassel. uh, One of the biggest contest winners in the love attraction game definitely check out jose silva there's so much valuable material here that i i wish we could go deeper into um but carolyn where can they find you on uh, tiktok instagram well i'm the contest queen so unfortunately i didn't sign up soon enough so on facebook and instagram i'm the contest queen and everywhere else i'm just contest queen including my website so if you just okay. type in contest queen i'll find you <laughs> nice awesome well thank you and i can't wait to be with you in person very soon oh thank you